0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: So the funnest thing that we're doing this week, just so people know, is Binkley's going to do a locals live stream, which I think you make it open to everybody, right? Not just subscribers, Binkley? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody can watch. Only subscribers can interact, but it's still super fun. And that is going to be this Thursday, six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern. So, uh, did you have a theme?
1: I think I'm gonna find some campaign ads and break down some of those. Some try and find some fun ones. That's what. That's what I'm about 95% sure I'm going to be doing.
0: All right. Well, that's super fun. And the rest will be a mystery. <laughs> so it's nice. That that might, may be the positive of the day because it looks like between the two of us, all the headlines we brought are <gasps> war in Ukraine, which I'm beginning to be like less and less, uh, more and more skeptical of just exactly how how bad it is over there.
1: Yeah. Everything is... A bit strange. Like uh, it's just so hard to tell what's going on over there. And another interesting thing is that the news is highlighting the propaganda a, a-, a lot. What do you so, mean? Because I, I mean, can't
0: watch it hardly at all because it's such crap. They're pointing
1: out the propaganda and then saying, "But the good propaganda is winning." That's that's the short of it right there. So they're normalizing propaganda as long as it's good, right? For the goods for the side of uh, for the side of m- what's moral yeah. and what's good.
0: That does kind of make sense with the way things have been going over the past years, where they want us to completely suspend all critical thinking, all like um need for evidence. They are training us to to accept it. It all goes to that thing, like how do you do research on the internet? Authority, authority, authority. Like I told you how that my when my kids' school was kind of pitching them. And I thought, wow, that how about evidence? Um, plausibility, credibility, you know, like no, nothing yeah, other that. than authority.
1: None of the evidence, none of the credibility, only who it comes from. And that is where all of it matters. But to start off, I have a story from the Council on Foreign Relations that is about how China is portraying the invasion of Ukraine to the Chinese public. So we have how it's being portrayed to the Russian public, to the Ukraine, and to the rest of the world and now here's some insight, according to the cFR all this you know I, I haven't seen it personally. this is based on what the cFR is saying, how it's being portrayed to the Chinese public. The way that they're portraying it is they've avoided calling it an invasion, and they say that they are expressing a desire to see Russia and Ukraine solve the issues through negotiation and reiterating reiterating their basic position on respecting the, the sovereignty and the territorial integrity of all countries. And the evening news in China is... Reiterating Moscow's statements describing Russia's actions as a special military operation targeting military facilities, and it's showing clips of Putin asserting that Moscow's assault are the result of NATO actions that left him no choice. However, it also is showing Ukrainian President Zelensky's statements regarding Ukrainian death tolls, and it shows clips of explosions in urban areas and residential buildings burning. So, not to say that there's only two sides of anything, but they are showing. Both sides, according to the Council on Foreign Relations, which you're not allowed to do here, really. And <laughs> and then they go on to say that This is different than the way that Russia is portraying it, because Russia is portraying it as there's not explosions going on, it's all NATO, so Russia's obviously not showing the balance that China seems to be showing. And the CFR talks about how this could mean that Russia's policy that there are no limits to their friendship with China might not be as no limits as they suggest, where I would counter that by saying... China wants to look like the good guy to the world, to the international community, because as we know, the World Economic Forum loves China, and the World Economic Forum finally made a a statement on Ukraine by putting a Ukraine flag on the top of their website the other day. It was the first thing they've done.
0: Is it the... As of battalion symbol, where it's the colors of the Ukraine flag, but with a literally like Third Reich symbol.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I just
0: know the the colors. Yeah, blue and yellow. They just said they stand
1: with Ukraine. It was a very simple message with the blue and yellow. So China can't be all red, go Russia. But what they can do is try and look like the hero internationally, because that will make them look more powerful than America. And this is another interesting aspect of it. They said that secondly, what this does, since China is portraying a, as they call it, fuzzy picture of what's going on because they, they want to give the public a clear picture. They don't want people to think for themselves and figure it out. But they say China's given their public a fuzzy, blurry portrait of what's going on and who is actually at fault there. This is creating what they call a degree of space for nationalist and anti-war voices to square off on Chinese social media. So they talk about that as though that's a problem internationally and as though other countries aren't doing that, which they're kind of right. Other countries really aren't. I just find it interesting. That they're like, yeah, can you believe they're allowing the Chinese public to debate and decide for themselves how they view it instead of propagandizing one way or another like the other countries?
0: Well, I have a few quick things on that. One is I always notice like Putin didn't it didn't always come out like 9-11 was an inside job, Edward Snowden is fake, uh, ISIS was a uh, is is the US. Like they don't always come out with all that. Stuff. Um, they proceed with caution. They're statesmanlike. There's no reason for them to take a stand under certain circumstances. Usually they have to they wait until there is no choice but to take a stand like that. Even Putin was um, used to call Yanukovych a corrupt piece of crap like the guy he gave harbor to after he was ousted in the coup in 2014 out of Ukraine. So it doesn't surprise me that they are soft peddling their feeling about it. The idea of territorial integrity, that they're paying lip service to that, even though it's not a real idea, there is no such thing as national territorial integrity, in my opinion. And I think in the law of nations, it is the people who live on the land, if especially if those people own the land, who can determine how they themselves and their land are governed. So you can split off. There's nothing immutable about a nation state. But what. China probably wants to assert that because they may claim that Taiwan is a part of their territory and that they would have a right to reclaim it at any time. Not, not under the same guise as what Putin is doing, but rather by saying it's because with Putin, Putin's not totally making the claim that it's territorial integrity as far out as that. Maybe Crimea, yes. And he does talk about Ukraine's history as part of Russia, but. Uh, I think China probably wants doesn't want to give up on the idea that they are justified in taking back Taiwan because they already own it. Yeah. So there could be some of that. And then the idea of the death toll, Russia said what what I woke up to this morning on the news and in the newspaper was that there's civilian casualties and that they're trying to set up a corridor through which people can escape. I uh, think the. the Numbers shot up over the weekend to 1.7 million refugees. But that makes complete sense to me once I saw that French chick say that Ukraine has got a terrible, terrible economy and has for a long time where their heating costs are half of a, of their wages. So you have to spend half of your money just to heat your house and it's getting cold. So or it is cold. So. For for me, I think those refugees are opportunistic for the most part. But Russia is saying that it's Ukraine that's not respecting those corridors. So so when you see civilians on the street dead like is on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, the my first thought is I we don't know who killed those people. We don't know how they died. And Russia, I, I at this point the Russian propaganda is more credible to me than the stuff coming out of the Western mainstream media.
1: And we don't know when those photos were taken, where they were taken who those people actually right. are. Totally. Of, all of that. And what we do know is that there have been a number of claims in the media that have been disproven at this point. And those are also being justified by the media because they're talking about the good propaganda, the, the propaganda that's okay to deliver. We're lying right. to you, but it's good that we're lying to you in this instance because you need a clear portrait of what's going on, of who is right and who is right. wrong. And I, I, I am curious about something, though. RT which is being censored in a lot of ways and a lot of people have are not going to be working there anymore they're shutting down part of their operation it's still on YouTube their videos are still going up on YouTube which I I think everybody should be allowed to I don't think these companies should be censoring people but I'm just curious as to why because if we talked about some of the things on YouTube that RT is talking about I don't think I think we would be kicked off
0: It seems to me that YouTube cycles its censorship. So I was getting strikes for the election integrity stuff while it still mattered. But it took a while for them to start doing that. Then that went away and I started getting strikes for the covid stuff. I don't know if that's that obviously isn't going away anytime soon. I just I don't think they've ginned up enough. I just I I just don't think they're ready to cycle the Russian thing into the censorship hopper right this second. That's the only thing I can think of. I think they
1: want us to see it for some reason.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, Why? I don't know. Right. I don't know about that. So I don't I'm not getting that sense at this time. But maybe maybe they want us to see both sides of the issue. I'm not getting that because it's relentless propaganda across mainstream media.
1: If they want us to see both sides of the issue, if if that theory, if there is something to it, then they'd
0: only let Russia show that side. Then
1: I would think that there is another side of the issue that they don't want us to see a third side of the issue.
0: I'm pretty familiar with the issue, and I don't know. I, I can't think the think third of side that.
1: of the issue is that Putin's involved in it, and, and this is all a big globalist action, the Great Reset action, against uh, the people of the world, essentially, to, to put it in simplistic terms.
0: Yeah, but I, I just I can't see how having RT on YouTube is going to mask some of Putin's, like I was saying about how China doesn't, um, they don't have to take the stand and Putin does that. He doesn't out ISIS, he doesn't out Edward Snowden, he doesn't out um nine eleven. He's always played the globalist game. Yeah. I don't right. I just I think that the damage RT does to them is more than than that. That's like a deep conspiracy. That's really not even important. It's not even important. What difference does it make? We've been outing that stuff for the longest time and it's well nothing I think the difference
1: it makes is the Populations of the world in the United States are taking one side or the other, Russia or Ukraine, and it's dividing people. And if they recognize that it was not really a, a nationalistic versus you know nationalism thing, that it was uh, globalist controllers versus the people, that, that that would unite people. If they, I
0: disagree. Could... We know that. No, we know, we that. know that.
1: But most you people, know but don't I mean, know that.
0: we know that about COVID, and and look at the success they've had in in implementing their propaganda. And their there, there's a reason COVID. it's
1: on there. And it's being censored in other places, and I don't know what that reason is. But there's a reason. There's right. always a reason, especially yeah, for big absolutely. platforms like and
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm gonna say the most obvious reason is the reason that they're just not ready to take that stand. That would that would get people's attention. That level of censorship, I think, would be uh, is like another step.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're already firing people though, so it's already well, getting well. RT the is, yeah,
0: yes, RT is. But I, I just think if YouTube took down RT, which they probably, yeah, maybe right. I think they have to be ready for that they yeah. have to be ready they have to have people in the right state of mind because what they're like pelosi is is ginning up a 10 billion dollar aid package to ukraine right now they want people to support that they yeah. don't they don't want two sides of the story out there but they may not they may not be ready for the full bore censorship they also are talking about mansion has something out there to try to uh ban Russian oil imports into this country. So those are the two big things that are coming out of there now um, out of D.C. So on the one hand, Pelosi wants to put this ten billion dollars to Ukraine. Think about that. They are so corrupt over there. I, all I have done is talks about how corrupt they are over there and how these billions of dollars end up in the Biden's pockets somehow. It makes perfect sense. But this is ten times what they've talked about in the past, that ten times the kind of loan guarantees and all that. And so that's a huge number. Um, and I think corruption it plays a big part. The They're really ginning up the oil price increase. It's the highest it's been maybe ever. The gasoline is over $4 a gallon. And um, heating gas is like at record highs in Europe. Now... To me, like to ban Russian imports into this country seems like kind of weird. Russia is saying it would be catastrophic, that it would double the already incredibly high prices. But I don't really get that because these are commodities. And unless Russian oil to the U.S. is the linchpin of the world energy system, I would think that the Russian gas and oil would just be able to go other places and and we would just supply our own and stop exporting it. I think we're a net exporter, so we could just reshuffle that. I guess contractual issues could make a temporary price spike. But I just uh, until Russia actually stops shipping oil anywhere, which they have not. They said that their agreements are intact. They continue to fulfill them. Even Ukraine acts as a transit uninterrupted. So I feel like like a lot of things, they are ginning this up for panic also the the actual latest breaking news is that there was another round of peace talks russia said the outcome was disappointing they could halt uh the offensive right away if kiev would just agree with, to moscow's simple terms simple it's actually less than what they were asking before they started this operation so yeah. It's the Kremlin spokesman says Russia wants Ukraine to enshrine neutrality in its constitution, which would actually require constitutional change because they have already enshrined their desire and intention of moving into NATO in their constitution in twenty nineteen, which was very provocative. Yeah, Um, they they want. uh, Crimea to be recognized as Russian if the and that's, in my opinion, critical because if ukraine doesn't recognize crimea as being russian they are implicitly asserting their right to invade crimea so if they have alliances made and they feel strong they may do that and russia cannot stand for that so then you would have a massive escalation and then they also want uh ukraine to recognize donetsk and luhansk as independent states that's actually a little more aggressive than it was before it used to be just semi autonomous Now they want them to just be independent. And that's it. Crimea and the Donbass would be independent. And Ukraine would enshrine in the Constitution that it's not going to become NATO. And actually, it's funny because Putin said exactly what I was saying, which was... The having Ukraine and NATO would be the equivalent of having Canada in the CIS or having Canada or Mexico have missiles on the borders with the U.S. So I, this all makes sense to me. Um, I agree with you that there is some big picture globalization stuff going and whether Putin's in on it or not, it doesn't matter because right. we clearly uh, provoked it. So having provoked it uh, whether he was in on it or not, he, he was in a no win situation. So he had to do this. They packed him into a corner and I'm, there's no doubt in my mind, they, this is part of their plan.
1: Yeah, I think it's part of their plan as well. Everything seems to be falling into place for them, at least when it comes to the globalization aspect of it. And as I was mentioning earlier, the idea that, the Russian propaganda is being defeated, and it's being celebrated as being defeated. So, Russia, according to a lot of articles that I've seen, they, they have been spreading propaganda to try and raise morale at home and demoralize in other countries, which is what all countries do. That's that's how war propaganda has worked for since the beginning of time, really. But they say that these tactics, which have been successful for Russia for years, is now being defeated by social media rebuttals. So the existence of social media and the connectivity of the world is beating, is outgunning Russian propaganda. And An example is videos of Zelensky in Kyiv have quickly become some of the defining images of the invasion, rallying support for Ukraine at home and abroad and challenging Russia's attempt to control the public perception. So we've seen the videos of him running around the streets doing selfies in his fake bunker, uh, just really being turned into this global figure. And these viral videos have countered Russia's attempt to say that Zelensky actually fled Kyiv and they are actually not shelling Ukraine. So, Russia shows images of Ukraine not being bombed, and they talk about how Zelensky's not there, while these viral videos show Zelensky in the heat of things, and it shows Ukraine being shelled. And the media is saying social media is defeating Russia because they're making these truthful images or representations of the truth go viral. And they even admit that they're not always truthful. They're exaggerated a little bit. But... One of the reasons this is happening is because these social media platforms are banning Russia. They're not showing. They're not raising up the Russian stuff. They're raising up the Ukraine stuff. So the social media platforms of the world are actively engaged in a propaganda war that Clearly, at least according to what we are seeing, is favoring one side and minimizing the information coming out of the other. So that it's not that the – I guess social media is what, what's helping them win. But this article even says – it says it bluntly. It said the Ukrainians may be completely outgunned by traditional military, but they are winning the propaganda war. And that's what is at the heart of this, is a propaganda war. For the people in Russia and Ukraine, there are people dying, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's horrible things going on. But for the rest of the world, we're at war uh, on our minds, on our hearts and minds, and and I think this is just a grand demonstration of the most sophisticated propaganda machine that's ever been created, being tested out. I mean, they're constantly going to be tweaking it, manipulating it, but there's never been a more connected world, and probably in that that document you talk about a lot, they probably mentioned this, but they have rolled out a really sophisticated worldwide propaganda machine, and I think it's working for them in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I'm, they, uh, that's the thing about that, why I'm so impressed, you know, not in a good way, but just so impressed by the 2017 SPARS document is that it's a blueprint for how to handle the propaganda that surrounded a PSYOP. And yeah. that I'm sure, I assume that there are scenarios that they did on this stuff. Maybe it's this actually seems simpler than the COVID thing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And Russia has made a law that, puts people in jail for up to possibly 15 years for spreading information that undermines the effort over there. I, I don't know the exact language of the law. I'm taking from the mainstream articles of it, so I'm certain that it goes far from the truth of what the law actually says. But the law has caused Facebook, a bunch of social media companies, a bunch of mainstream media outlets to stop airing footage from Russia for fear of their journalists over there getting arrested and spending 15 years in jail, which gives them the opportunity to do this. They can just tell us what's going on in Russia without having to show any evidence whatsoever, and then they can justify it by saying, we don't want to spend 15 years in jail. It just gives them a, a blanket to not have to show anything and everything be, we have to trust their word. Mm-hmm. And of course, Russia's going to try and block that stuff when they're getting their citizens are getting an onslaught of propaganda from the rest of the world. I'm not uh. saying it's good to do that, but it's just... It's bad all around. It's just bad all around.
0: It's, you know, this is an old problem I've had is that I assume that what Russia's doing is trying to prevent foreign agents yeah. from propagandizing. Absolutely. And, you know, I always wondered, there was the House Un-American Activities Committee that put people like actors and stuff who had been registered communists before, congress as if it were criminal to be a registered communist and i always wondered about that i thought don't aren't we free to make our own choices i mean we do vote right yeah. like we have the right to vote so i was thinking though then i i did in doing i used to read a lot about that Era And one of the things that came out was that they were arguing that CPUSA, the Communist Party of the USA, was really an arm of the Kremlin, that it was operated from the Kremlin, that the people who ran it here were connected and taking orders from the Kremlin, which they later proved, I think, in the Venona papers when the when the USSR fell. They actually allowed, I don't know how, but Western media or Western something or other to go in and look at all of their files. And a lot of that stuff was um, was in uh, validated, even what Joe McCarthy was saying. But still, I mean, this is where. Trying to be strictly libertarian when you actually have foundational documents of a country that aren't strictly libertarian or you have a society that isn't really free and um, gets consequences pushed on you from what you do. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm i not sure I can blame him.
1: Yeah. They're getting an onslaught and they're trying to prevent their citizens from getting the CIA and other worldwide propaganda. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, wow. So that was a a healthy debate. We didn't really hit as many stories as I wanted, but that's okay because we were gonna put a lot. We have a lot of stuff in the XR. And I would say one thing. Well, first of all, in the deepest dive of the day, I actually am going to appeal to our listeners in Florida, and uh, and people will be interested in this because there's a couple of laws. One that Desantis uh, actually he should probably veto both of them, but. DeSantis is on everybody's radar because of his performance during COVID, which I think is him getting lined up to be run for president. But I want to dig into a couple of things that are happening in Florida that will be of interest to everybody. And then in the XR, I want to tell you about these bioweapons labs that are supposedly in Ukraine. You're going to be very interested in that. And... Binkley is going to tell us about all the weapons that the West has sent to Ukraine. And I think he's probably not. Maybe he's talking about. We'll see if those two stories converge. (laughs) But before we get to our deepest dive of the day where we will reach out to our listeners in Florida and ask Governor DeSantis to do the right things. This is going to be interesting to everybody. Uh, DeSantis, I think, is setting himself up for presidential run. So it's a good place for us to draw the line on some of these laws. Uh, I would like to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR. I want to tell you about these bioweapons labs that might be operating in Ukraine on our behalf. And Binkley's going to tell you about all the weapons the West have sent to the Ukraine. But first, I want to give you a message. Please do not fast forward it. You may have noticed that there are commercials in the show. We actually had to put them in the beginning. I don't love that. I always like just we have one commercial break and we prefer it to be sponsors of the show. But um, it just doesn't it doesn't really cover even begin to cover the cost of putting out all this free content. So, and we have never been ones to beg. We try to support the free show by actually producing basically double the content and offering double the content, commercial free content for our subscribers. And usually the subscribers kind of support the free stuff, but, um, is it's just the two of us and there's so much work. It's really two full-time jobs. And we really have to make it make sense for us to continue to do this. Otherwise, God forbid, I'm gonna have to get a real job, <laughs> which I don't want to do. Um, no, because we do it because we want to get real information out there. And we feel like this community that we've built up, we're all on the same page, but not everybody has the money to pay for a podcast or has the time to listen to the extra content. So that's why we decided to just go ahead and go with a service that does commercials. Hopefully it will uh, solve that little revenue gap we have with our increasing costs and efforts. But if you don't let the commercials play, we don't get paid for them. So if you would, if you don't want to subscribe, just let the commercials play and Don't hold commercials against us. I think it's a good thing. There's you have different options. You can have the commercial free you can have commercial free and extra content for subscribing, or you can do the commercial one with the free. What do you think, Binkley?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good deal.
0: And I think, I mean, I feel like we've we've always never really wanted to just be like, please, please, please donate. We want to add value. Yeah, we've never get, been uh, the
1: the big on high pressure sales. We we've never been that. But
0: sales, I don't mind. It's the bagging I'm not gonna. Do.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I'm gonna. It's, I'm a real free market. I'm a believer in the free market, and uh, I feel like this is not a bad way to go. So hopefully this works for everybody, and uh, that's that. So now, hey, you might hear some commercials right now. But you might not. It's kind of random. And now on to the deepest dive of the day. So you know how DeSantis like had this great approach to COVID, and he really did. And I talked to somebody who was on an advisory panel to him, and he understood what they were talking about. He was prepared. He took notes, and he implemented it in Florida. And I would say it was to the um, immense satisfaction of his constituents as well as people from other places moved there. So, I mean, it was it's just it was just a win-win all around. I think he is totally deep state and running for president and I don't trust him at all, but you can pressure these people who are trying to take the righteous path to power that they have to that they're going to be held accountable.
1: That is the power that the public has is they do check in on where the public sentiment is and they are influenced by it.
0: Yeah, so he has got a couple of bills coming across his desk, I believe. Uh, if they're not on the way, then they, they will be. One of them was in the newspaper today, which was they're putting in new requirements for their condos. So it's been a year since the Miami condo collapse, and we all knew it was going to lead somewhere. Has it been a year already? Yep. Wow. So 900,000 of the 1.5 million condo units in Florida Are more than 30 years old so they're cooking up between the house and and the Senate of Florida a bill that would either make all condos over 20 years or over 30 years have to undergo kind of a recertification inspection if anything's found then they have to have like a deeper inspection and then they'd have to get inspected more frequently after that age but this I think would apply to everything that's existing right now so that's a that's the certainly the majority of the condos and the problem is so of course engineers architects inspectors are all in favor of this but that's because it will greatly increase their business but what happens is that this kind of thing will also greatly increase the cost of condos it'll it'll increase the cost it'll because the cost goes up the place at which the supply and demand intersect is going to be at a higher price point and that may um make condos skew to the luxury end and and you know they always talk about we want more affordable housing this would not do that any way you slice it and i would be okay i I wouldn't be okay with it but i would consider i would look into it more except for if they're keying off the miami condo collapse that thing was a psyop that was a psyop the things that they said led to the collapse of that building were not true there were some cases where i could look on a picture of it before, during, and after, and say that explanation that it was like under the pool deck collapsed, not true, just not true. So if they're going to use that to uh, make demands on Condo builders, condo associations, it's going to, it's an unnecessary rise in price. It will, it'll put pressure down and maybe they'll, they'll start bringing down those older buildings, which is what I think they're really after. So they can make smarter buildings for the new, you know, smart cities and, uh, they argued in The Wall Street Journal that the reason these repairs weren't made is that the ho- the condo owners resisted spending the money. And I read all the minutes of their meetings and stuff, and there was no significant pushback there. The inspection report wasn't really very dire wasn't dire at all. It's, you know, anyway. So but there the laws like this do have an impact. So like kind of like if you look at covid or the vaccines, they say there was this great video I put on locals of Dr. Chetty, who said, you know, they're never going to point the finger at covid or the vaccines. But the spike protein is a toxin that we all know exacerbates existing illnesses. So over time, when life expectancies get shorter, or people's illnesses manifest themselves or turn terminal or whatever, the, you're you're not going to point your finger at that. But there's going to be a big impact on the world, on the body of the world. And this, especially if these laws spread, it's going to accelerate the transition to the smart city. So I think DeSantis is definitely going to going to sign this one. But um, in my research about the what was happening in Florida, I found an article, which I will link with a few articles, actually really good, begging DeSantis to veto HB 7021, which extends the duration of liability protections from COVID-related claims against healthcare providers. So as I was, and that's just a terrible way to go uh as i was investigating that reading that article and some of the articles that were linked through on her article it went into the insane costs of uh of treating covid patients it's crazy that remdesivir if you have insurance it costs three thousand dollars medicare it's thirteen thousand dollars it's the craziest thing wow and and this is what happens i i had Knew a gal who went to the hospital. She was six months pregnant. She was having a hard time breathing. She had COVID. She immediately, when she got to the hospital, she turned down the ventilator. She said, "I'm not. I don't want the ventilator." And she crashed, like freaking, hit the skids as soon as she got to the hospital. And the first thing I asked was, "What did they give her? What did they give her?" And they gave her remdesivir. They gave her remdesivir. Then they put her on the ventilator. After all, she got pneumonia. It was terrible. And then I've been noticing that there's this thing that doctors say, when you get to the hospital, it happens every time you crash. And what kind of a bizarre pattern is that? Why would you crash when you get to the hospital? Why wouldn't you crash on day 10? Why don't you crash on day four? Why don't you crash blah, blah, blah? Why? I think it's because they give you remdesivir immediately and it makes you crash. And there's evidence to suggest that. I mean, that remdesivir does not uh, pass the smell test at all. So all these things are ways that hospitals, it's kind of like AIDS and AZT and ventilators are all things that make you move towards, um that make you, that the side effects mimic the disease. And so it gets, like people won't draw the connection that the side effects is what's making you sicker. That's usually what that iatrogenic illness means. But these are So these things are incented. They're paid for. I mean, the the dollar amount, I mean, $13,000 for Medicare I, 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 patients to get remdesivir. I, I have to check that. It's in the article that I'm linking. I would want to follow up on that, but I'm confident the $3,000 number is right. Anyway, so these people are highly incented. I think in California, where I'm living right now, it's not even the highest of what an average COVID patient generates for a hospital, $145,000. I mean, come on. So they're highly incented to do a lot of these things. And then they don't need to proceed with caution because they have their liability protection. So I just wanted to read a quote that she had in her article, but it was regarding the BP spill. Um, it was a law professor, Richard Epstein, who I think I've heard of. He says a tough liability system does more than provide compensation for serious harms after the fact. It also sorts out wheat from chaff so that in the case, this case, companies with weak safety profiles don't get within a mile of an oil. derrick. solid insurance underwriting is likely to do a better job in pricing risk than any program of direct government oversight. Only strong players highly incented to and fully bonded need apply for a permit. So it could also apply to hospitals Do you, if insurance companies are going to have to pay out if you are negligent then you're not you're going to lose your insurance and nobody's going to show up for work you, liability protection is absolutely a moral hazard and and it defies even as an anarchist liability protection is a kind of common law or uh liability is a common law thing like you if my if your negligence caused my son to die, I'm taking your son to f- do my fields. like it's it's it goes. It's ancient. It's absolutely ancient. Uh, but here was the thing. Here was a thread that I pulled on. I, I don't think for all the talk of the vaccine companies having liability protection, I'm not sure they have criminal liability protection. I think some of what they're doing may raise rise to the level of criminal action. And maybe, yeah. maybe that, maybe somebody will, uh, one of these great lawyers who's been fighting the good fight to try to counter the mandates and stuff, maybe some of them will get gather together a class action criminal suit if there is such a thing.
1: Yeah. Like a, I'm sure like somebody an, will try that anyway.
0: I hope so. I hope so. I, even if, even if just, to, even if they lose in court, can you imagine all the evidence that you would be able to bring out? Yeah. That would All be the awesome. evidence
1: they would have to scramble to try and censor from the internet once it
0: yeah, but I think court records are generally open. They'd have to have a, a national security reason to mask, right. you know, <laughs> what they are up to. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting thought. So, all right, as we, uh, I've got one last little. I, I have a shout out from one of our oldest and dearest patrons, Cat Duckness. We all know and love. She says, "Now, Cat Duckness is uh, very flowery." So I'm going to try to do a great sense of humor, too. Yes, there's many wonderful things about her. But what I'm about to read is uh, I'm going to try to do it justice, convey the meaning. As we approach the second anniversary of what the hell, I find myself skirting the first edges of that dark cloud silver lining. These last six months have been especially challenging for me, and I would have much deeper scars had I not been the fortunate recipient of the love and care from those without this community, and I do mean those unfortunate enough to be without this community, as well as those within this community. Justin and Jackie, you're ridiculous, and I'm shouting you out here and now. But most of all, I'm shouting out to the most generous, caring, loving, funny, compassionate, Talented, rock star of a man that I know who holds my hand, endures my frustration, and turns tears of sorrow into tears of joyous laughter. I'm calling you right out, Michael Bradley, by shouting you out. This isn't nearly enough, but telling the world is a start but I have to include the rest of you as well for holding strong, standing tall, and unwittingly helping to strengthen my foundation, making it easier for me to do the same. We're rounding out a solid two-year rental and lean of our lives, and I, for one, have no intention of renewing that lease. Marching into March, proud to know, and exist amongst you all. Keep being who you be unapologetically.
1: That's awesome, I love that.
0: That was so cat Absolutely. Yeah. And we know and love Michael too. Yeah. M- Michael is a uh, uh, formidable baritone with much. Yes, presence.
1: he is. He definitely is.
0: Fantastic. All right, We've that's awesome. At well, the meetups. Actually, I want to do another meetup coming up real soon. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we
1: sure. need to do another one soon. Those are always fun. Yeah, me too. All right. Thank you, Monica, for your news and insights. Wonderful as always. Thank you all for listening. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at the PropReport.com, or your favorite podcasting platform under the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we offer every time we drop a DMB and more, you can go to patreon.com slash propagandareport, rockfin.com slash propagandareport, or propreport.locals.com and check out our different offerings there on each platform and see which one fits for you. We will talk to you tomorrow or in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.